Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Take TV podcast. It is round 10. The buys are coming up and we've got a lot to discuss. So before we get around the table to the boys, uh, we'll discuss uh, on this today's show the uh, obviously MVP and fold of the week, how we went. Some injury news. There's some big, big injury news, of course. Uh, and some that's come through today as JD shakes his head. But um, some other news, DPP updates, of course, that comes Basically, when the buy start, uh, you know, after round 11 for round 12. Um, we've also got um, some targets, of course, that we're going to be uh, looking at and then some rookies uh, to get us through that. But, George, how did you go this week, my friend? And who was your, your MVP and fault? Um, I, had, I think I had my best week ever in this game. So I think it was ranked 126 for the round. Uh, 2,728. So very happy. Honestly, confidence was pretty shot before this week, but a few players like your steel, um, Brayshaw came good. So that was fantastic for me. Uh, trades were, um, so bring it up. I brought in Andy Brayshaw and Josh Weddle and traded out Wilmot and Hopper. So I think Wilmot didn't really want to trade in, but I'm happy with those two. I do like the Frio run coming up. Um, Depleted Melbourne, then after the buy three straight Optus. So I do like Sarong and Brayshaw. Um, but yeah, team went very well this week. It was quite shocking. I think like, MVP has to be uh, it's between Steel and Weddle. Still for getting up, but getting a rookie ton from Weddle, I couldn't believe it. Two goals in the first quarter. It's probably the most enjoyable super coach experience watching a rookie do that, kick two goals in the first quarter. So MVP has to go to uh, Weddle wasn't expecting that sort of performance. Uh, fault of the week is William Day. Got tagged 74, but role still there, but a little bit worried about his output That's coming up. Tag. Come on. I just see Nash and um, Nash, Warple, and who's the other one? Newcomb. Nash and Newcomb, especially, yeah. scoring really well lately. So I'm slightly concerned that eats into day. Like I'm hoping he can do 95 from here, which I'll take, but uh, we'll assess as we go. But yeah, maybe a bit harsh because he got tagged. But um, yeah, just uh, need more from him. But yeah, to, yeah, you're probably you're right. A bit unfair on him. So um, yeah, pleasing week, I guess. And then I think the interesting parts um, with Oliver, I think that'll be a big decision for hold or trade and who to. So we'll discuss that soon. So JD, how did you go? I went okay. Um, I had a 25.72, which is like a good score any other week. Felt pretty average this week, to be perfectly honest. I moved up 30 ranks, 136 overall. But I am, yeah, I'm struggling, mate. I'm struggling um, hitting the kombucha hard tonight because, oh, boy, the, the injury news hits you like a truck. But we'll get to that in a minute. Um, the MVP, look, give it to my boy, Zachy Merritt. Um, it's like clockwork that we trade him in this time of year when he delivers. And the scene was kind of set, you know, big dream time game. We had uh, Sheer, Betterfield and Parrish all out this week and he stood up and delivered at the helm of a young uh, midfield, did all the defensive stuff that you like to see as well and putting up 162 points on day sub 560-ish uh, price point. Absolutely love to see that. So, yeah, I think it's um, uh, hard to go past him. And then, look, I don't think there's anyone having a fault of the week. You already handed one out today. The really only other, like, sub times were, like, you know, like Ryan, who is a rookie that was forced to play forward. So, like, I'm not going to for 58. And then, like, what Zeeble did in ton this week, like, big deal. So, 
rather than giving a second fault, I'm going to give a MVP mark too. And it's going to be a bounce back award for Jackson. Got fault of the week last week, but um, deserves a bit of praise with his 160 kind of, um, yeah, fixing things up this week, getting to go behind the ball a little bit more with Steele moving up. So, um, yeah, I think I'm going to break the rules and award the points like that this week. Fair enough, JD. Uh, looking at my team, I can't see too much as well, even though we did score exactly the same. Uh, I was victory lapping a two-point win over you until uh, Jelly got a couple of points. I think it was a Jelly. It might have been Jelly. Um, but we Marshall, scored... I think Marsh went down one. Jelly went up two. And uh, look, very reminiscent of the Dreamtime game. I think you're doing some victory laps there early in the fourth too. <laughs> uh, it's good to see a team play all right, but uh, another choke there. Uh, from the Tigers, no I think there's been, been 12. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, look, a lot going on, but we did score the same. I did move up a 1,000 spots just to sit outside the top 2,000. So, look, uh, can't complain about that as I've been going down a bit recently, but um, George's give it MVP to Weddle. There's not much else to go, and I'll give it to my one of my trade-ins in, in Bailey Humphrey, which saved my week. Uh, somewhat there, getting a ton, another ton from a rookie. So I got two rookie tons this week and, you know, still didn't go too massive. Um you know, in the grand scheme of things compared to a lot of other people, but um, that did save me. So um, he will get definitely get the MVP there. Happy I got him. But uh, the fault I'll give to myself in going Tom Stewart in this week over Zach Merritt. So, you know, cost me 70 points there. Um, kind of means now with some news, I'm not able to get um, Merritt this week. He sort of priced himself out of, you know, two moves, seeing that I'm probably going to get led in. That's looks like an obvious one so yeah merits priced himself out Stewart lost what did he lose 30k or 20k uh and i was sort of deciding i'll go one this week one the next went the wrong order of course and um so that's been probably the story of my year but um still within arm's reach of you know the top 1000 which i guess is the ultimate goal and um ride the coattails of you jd so if you can uh, secure that top 100 which we'll um discuss ways you can do that um but yeah i thought we'll obviously give an, a bit of a shout out to the community off the top um you know namely lock sitting number one now it's sort of was probably coming i think he's been top 10 for a few weeks um so he finally overtook the guys ahead of him now and has a great team to set up him you know set himself up for the rest of the year um, i think the team values through the roof um and then another one in uh, Geiger, who's also 20th, I think, right, boys, and his team, but like they're the, probably the top two team value in the whole game. So it'd be interesting to see how they go head to head. Are we serious to pronounce that Geiger? We go. It's probably should have asked him by now, but it is what it is to me. Uh, one of us is right, hopefully. Uh, I think we've also got um, uh, Dependabrees, who's like 17, and then. There's a bunch of other guys actually in the top 100. I think in the Fantasy Take TV group, there's at least 10 that are in the top 100. So, you know, I'm like 15th with the 136 rank. A lot of guys that are right up at the top end at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Bex is oh, 105th, but yeah. And thus all the leagues as well. Uh, absolutely dominating still. And um, yeah. Uh, is it 20 of the top 25, 20-man leagues now of Fantasy Take TV leagues? Something like that. Absolutely. Absolutely ridiculous. Um but yeah, we'll firstly get into some major news, I guess. Uh, injuries. That's um, you know, a good thing that we've sort of moved the show to Tuesday a little bit. We get to see all this, and um, we obviously knew about Clary. Not sure his time frame. Still not. But obviously, the big news dropping of Josh Kelly, who you have JD as well, being out for four weeks. Jaws, does this concern you, right? With Clary's news all up in the air, they both seemingly played through through it, right? I think Kelly did his around. Halfway through the game, played it out, still got a ton, which is, you know, you take that 
JD all day. Yeah, better um, than being Harry did it. He's in the third quarter for yeah, like three yeah. quarter time. So yeah, both played it at the games. Josh Kelly of GWS, uh, GWS sorry, have come out straight away and said he's out for a month. Does that concern you at all, George, with Clary? And is that? I mean, I, I know you're trading him out. Is that a big reason why? Just you're not sure. Oh, I just want to get out of this. I don't know how long. I don't know how it'll affect him after when he comes back. Um, no, I'll be trading. This, this is get me out you're now. Just, you're trying to justify this to yourself because you want the money. Like, yeah, let's be real. Hang you on. want the money. If you, if you had a in the bank, you wouldn't be considering. There is a serious priority. Okay. <laughs> LeBron James Sicily has the best matchup in football and he has his third toll rollback. He said that post game. His break even is 50. Sicily has to come in. I don't care how. He has to come in. I have an excuse to get him. So that is, that is part of it. Um, if I don't get Sicily this week uh, and he has a big game against the easiest defensive opponent, um, or the, the team that gets up the most of defenders, then he's gone. And I'm tight for money, so I will be trading Clary. So the priority on Sicily and the uncertainty around the timeline of Clary. Not only that, i got six premiums out next week. Um, I, I can barely, I'll be lucky to field 19, 20, including Chester, but he's a red dot, so we'll call it 19. Uh, assuming we get uh, Ford and Wardlaws, so that's including those two. I'll be trading. I guess it's for my personal circumstances. So um, maybe we get more info during the week because it's just, it's very sketch at the moment. Did they say, I think at least a couple of weeks, a few weeks, I think they said. Um, it's a hammy. It can't be any less than that, right? Unless it's Josh, Josh Kelly or Oliver are we talking here? Oliver, Oliver. The one we so they know. said it, you know, so I don't like Melbourne said it was short term. The reporters were saying it could be up to a month. But like I don't think they've officially time framed it unless the um, uh, FL website's been updated with a time frame, which I'm just trying to look at at the moment. For Nam, where are they are, it just says TBC. Yeah. Um, so I think the um, things that are like positive on the Oliver injury front. So he trained yesterday and did like some drills, like some hip thrust type things, some running type drills, and some light kicking. And typically these aren't activities you do like the day or two up hammy because you're still quite like if it's a bad hammy, you're still um, like sore. You can't really do these activities. So for him to actually be doing them this early, I think is quite a positive sign. And really it was it's all about um, him being able to manage the training load and getting back to full fitness. And so I just like, I, I have a feeling just that, you know, no medical background, no no experience with these types of things. Don't know Melbourne at all, but just have a feeling based on what I've read so far that, and like knowing what I'm about, he's more likely to be back in two than four. Is what like what my best guess is at the moment. But maybe that's just because I want to hold him, and I'm just trying to justify it to myself. Yeah. It's so a, what it's if it, 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 go on? What, what do you what are you sort of expecting? to like what's the time frame are you expecting are you expecting two th- weeks are you expecting three weeks if you held him and he was out till his buy would you be okay with that uh, Next week. it would suck it would uh, it would suck but i think i'd just like i think it's more he's back next week than after the buy it's very tricky george like three games uh, very difficult in the buy we need more we need more info on this considering um, so yeah. So, I mean, being the um, like desperate super coach, sad man that I am, I'll be um, sitting on the Demonland board reading training room this week, trying to glean any information, 
following every bloody Twitter reporter. Um, yeah, it's going to be, yeah, I think. Frio, the only way I hold um, is if they come out um, and say one week. Otherwise, he's gone. Two weeks and I'm, he's gone for me. I'm trading him. And I don't really even uh, super desperate for the money. Like, I can still get an upgrade done that I was looking to do this week. It's just, yeah, um, I, I'd see no reason for them to rush him back from anything like this. It's if he, you know, if it's an awareness, as they like to say these days, could that be one that if he does, you know, come back after two weeks, then he does properly pull it, you know, while, he, you know, coming back and playing. Uh, it's tough. And uh, look, you know, I only look, I'm staring down 13 trades at the moment and, you know, it starts to, you start to uh, <laughs> worry that that's getting low. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm sitting in the boat of trading it, but we don't, we haven't really had a time frame, so um, it's very hard to say. So he has a he has a hamstring strain, that's a fact, that's what they're saying, and they just said he'll be out for the short term. So, what is short term? That sounds like at least two to me. I mean, the actual... could be one, but that sounds more likely two than one. Look, on under the you know thing on the AFL website, it says Oliver will be sidelined indefinitely after scans confirmed a hamstring strain. So, you know, that's at least a game, obviously. Uh, I don't see how there's a sort of one-week hammy. There, there kind of has been sometimes these days with those awareness-type ones. I think Dusty only came back off one last year, like very um, short-term. Um, but still, like, if it is two weeks, why bring him back for one game just before the buy anyway? Would you just give him a month off? That's sort of how I see it playing out. But I have a feeling that the club will want to, but he'll want to be. He's he wants to win the brown light. He wants to play. Like he's he's missed one game in what five six years. Like I just don't think that they're going to be able to hold him out if he's fit. To, so I think the club will want to be conservative. I don't think Clary will be, and I think that's why he's already back at training one day after the supposed injury. Um you know, training, going through tests already. So, I like, I just think that, yes, normally this would be a longer injury than what it's going to be for Ola. That's, but anyway, it's just gut optimism. So we're, we're still speculating. Let's wait for news this week and see Let's, what happens. Yeah. We might find out from training on Thursday. It's, yeah, definitely going to be a month. Yeah. Let's just hope we hear something this week before we have to uh, obviously lock in any, any trades. So, um Jelly's the other one, JD. I know you have him. He's not majorly, majorly owned, but um, there are still a few people out there that would have him. And um, he's they've just come out and straight up said he's, he's four weeks out uh, with his hamstring. So um, obviously, yeah, makes it a little bit easier, I guess, knowing that he's a must trade. Um, and then you could move on from there. And then Drew is the other one that sort of popped up. We're not really sure if he's going to miss this week, but did have some hip problems and adductor or something weird going on there that was affecting his sprinting or, you know, sprinting efforts. So look, um, doesn't look like it's been great trade in at this point. Oh, jury, just hope he plays, uh, during the buys and gives you something. Um, I mean, the good news is that maybe there's an excuse for his poor scores and (laughs) persist with him and he won't get dropped. But I mean, it feels like this is the typical get dropped and this is a red dot from here. Yep. They had Cooper Harvey kick five in the VFL, so I With think that'll be a straight spot. Yeah, that's a debut. Interesting. Moving on to some DPP news. Obviously, we're sort of updating that every week as uh, Herald Sun do when we get some news and um, as it comes near to the, the second updates of the year. Um, 
track is basically not going to get it at this point. Um, even furthered by the fact that Clary probably misses, you'd think he'd be expected to be playing some more midfield this week, sitting at 29%. So, um, yeah, don't think he's going to be able to flip his switch all the way up to 35 in, in one game. Um, Gorn teetering right on the edge at 35. But, you know, are we really enticed by him seeing what we've seen, that Grundy's still getting the main ruck, George? What have you, what have you seen? That's, that's a worry if you have Gorn. I think it, it was a play if you had Grundy. That's what I would have done. Uh, but yeah, if he doesn't get it and you're going to get, you know, he's not a full-time ruck, whereas Darcy, English, and although he's not low-owned, Wits is actually like 115 as well. So you're going to give up a lot of points in that position. Um, do you want him? If McAndrew, so I think the uh, injury report on, what's his name, Laddams is pretty serious. I didn't check the, uh, I didn't check the injury report. But they said it was like a substantial injury. McAndrew could hold for a long time and he could be the rookie ruck cover. And then instead of getting a Gorn um, as yet F6, there might be someone better, which is obviously Zach Butters. Miles better, but yeah, hell, I'm not getting, no chance I get him um, at his price. So I don't think he's a top six forward. I think as a budget option, he'll be okay, but I am slightly concerned with the ruck split. So I think his average, you take out the zero, I think it's still low hundreds, which is which is okay. So I'll let that one play out to a post buy and I think make it a bit more informed decision then because he might not even get DPP he's he's right on the edge so let that one play out yeah for sure and just uh Laddams is set for a lengthy stint he's another one that's got the old TBC next to his name but you know lengthy obviously means it's somewhat uh relevant and yeah we'll get to McAndrew later when we talk about the rookies um Sam Walsh now this hurts me a little but was 40% looking very likely but um George Hewitt got Managed slash dropped. I think he was carrying something and has been all year, and they sort of just gave him a, a, a bit of a rest. Um, obviously, came on as a sub, uh, and Sammy Walsh was playing full time mid. All you know at all the CBAs in the top three sort of mids for that game. Um, then when Hewitt came on, Kennedy sort of got pushed to defence, so he sort of held that and played ninety six percent time in the midfield. So none of that off half forward stuff, which helps you get the the DPP, and he's back actually under the threshold at 34%. And if that uh, team lineup continues with Hewitt out of the team, uh, I don't think it would. That's probably the other week they wanted to give him, you know, half minutes and he's probably back this week. But, hey, don't know what Carlton are going to do. Um, but Walsh needs about 40% forward this week to get back over the threshold, I believe. So, uh, interesting. But um, this is the last week before DP too. So, it really comes down to this week, like, for Walsh and Gorn, are they over or under 35% determines in or out? Traka, he was already trending down, but with Oliver out, you can't see him getting a big forward game. So I think just put a line through him. And then Jack McRae hasn't exactly looked good outside of this week. Even if he gets DPP, it doesn't really seem like he's a must-have. And in fact, you know, his teammate, Bazlenka, probably looks the more interesting one of the two. So um, the DPP kind of has gone for been really hot and interesting um, for this round through to potentially a fizzler, depending on how this week goes, if Walsh and Gorn don't get it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, McRae, obviously, much beloved supercoach player we've owned across the years, but he's, you know, season CBAs are sitting at 40% in the last two weeks. It's, you know, 9 and 20. Like, he hasn't been in there at all. Um, Caleb Daniels, you know, been a mainstay in there. Baz, obviously, when he's come back. And there's still Trelaw to come back as well. Um at some point in the next fortnight or so, I believe. So, um, yeah, hard to pick him, although he did score 140 on the weekend without, you know, without any um, CBAs. But 
uh, yeah, I still believe he's playing a bit around the ball. Um, he is there as an option, you know, even with his with his year, how he's gone uh, with his low mid-time. He's still averaging like 105, 106. So <laughs> as a forward, you've still got to look his way, but you are going to be, um, you know, tearing your hair out every week, send him not, you know, in the midfield as much as you'd like. So one to watch. Maybe Caleb Daniel-George goes back to defence with JJ out. Is that something, you know, that could happen possibly? Oh. But you'd obviously want to wait and see. Yeah, who honestly, you I've no idea what Bevo is up to. He just, I don't know. Mate, why are we trying to even predict? Like, this is a, a waste of time. You're going to be wrong anyway. Yeah. And oh, like, dogs are bad, but I just avoid all of them. I wouldn't touch. I think just the interesting thing is dogs have five in a row at Marvel coming up. I think this week they're in Darwin, then bang, five at Marvel. So I think that makes Baz somewhat interesting. Um, and they've got North in that fixture too. Yep. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's again, like that buy. I think it probably blocked us from butters for the most part. So, yeah, it's pretty much impossible for most people. Yeah. I, I, look, I'll sit here and not, I won't disrespect McRae. He's still been averaging 106, as I said, with this, you know, uncertain role. So, he can still score. Um, but, yeah, it'll be it'll probably be hard to bring him in when Baz is a bit cheaper and, you know, he's getting those CBAs. If McRae's at the right price and I need a cheap F6, I'll... I wouldn't mind it. I think the CBAs are concerning still, but I think he can still do 100 in this role. Yeah. He's still up, you know, yeah. up around stoppage. He's that type of guy that finds a lot of a lot of the ball. It's assists and stuff. Yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah, obviously monitor that over the next week uh, with Walsh and Gorn being the main ones that, you know, have only played, I think, is it five or six games up to this point? Maybe seven. Um, so that, you know, it only takes one game for them to really swing their average, whereas track not going to in McRae. Uh, doesn't seem like you boys are interested. So um, to buy preparation, obviously that is coming up very, very soon. A uh, bit different this year with them being across four weeks. Why? I don't know, but it's obviously given us a bit of an easier one in round 13 with just Geelong and Gold Coast. Uh, and I guess round 12 as well, right? With only four teams, but um, we do own a few primos from, from that, from that buy, but What's your overarching, um, you know, takeaway or how you you're going into this buy period, George? Have you um, planned out what trades or just you know going by the motion, seeing what what you can do or how how you're approaching it? I'm oh, just trying to have balanced premiums out. I think I've got six out in the first one, maybe seven out in the third one, and then another seven in the fourth one. I think something like that. Um, so yeah, I think it's just grab Wardlaw and Ford and maybe Fahey if he comes in, um, which makes the last buy even more difficult. And hopefully they can get some scores uh, through the buys. So I'll be relying on them a fair bit to get my 18th and 19th scores. If I get injuries and I have to field donuts, which would otherwise be rookies, uh, I'll probably just cop it. Uh, low trade count for me. I'm not really in position uh, like I'd love to grab like a Bailey Humphrey, even at his price, even though it's not ideal. It's more for the the points on the field. So, yeah, I don't know. Might net you 100 to 150 over the buys. So, oh yeah, I won't be going there. But if I had a bunch of trades and heaps of money sitting on the bench, I'd I'd make that move. But no can do. So I think uh, yeah, to make up the numbers, grab Wardlaw and Ford next week. Yep, JD, how are you looking? And um, yeah, what what planning are you doing? coming up um yeah no nah, not good 
not good. Um, I mean, I think I'm looking at 12 at the moment with some of the rookies that are dying. I'm going to struggle to make 18 for that. Obviously, everyone's going to feel like 21 plus in round 13. Big whoop. Yep. And then the other two, it's looking like I'm roughly 16 playing for each at the moment. Um, yeah, to the point where the, I'm like, just do, do I force in some round 13 players this week? Do I force Bailey Humphrey? Okay. Do I force, I don't know, um, Jeremy Cameron? Like, what, what what do I do here to actually start fixing this up? Because do need to consider, and as George pointed out, all the downgrade options like Fleet and Wardlaw, Eddie Ford, it's all in that last buy as well. So I'm, yeah, having a real hard time figuring out how we're actually going to fix this and, and get it going in the right direction. And the ones in from some of the earlier buys, Sharp, uh, Johnson, obviously Constable everyone has, um, Dave, if he's still holding him, Roberts, they're all like not playing or injured. So it, yeah, or, or on very shaky grounds. This is, this is going to be very sketchy. I think what George is saying around like um, might have to cup, cup some donuts rather than forcing stuff. I think it's probably right. Um, I think we've seen this from prior years where people forced themselves to get 18 and they get the 18th, but it's a 30 pointer and then you wasted a trade that didn't end up doing anything good for your team. So um, I think one thing to keep in mind is not to overreact. A lot of people are in the same boat. Those who have gone slightly more heavy on the Gold Coast guys, a little bit of a better position. But to be honest, like Noah Anderson hasn't exactly scored well. The Cats haven't scored well outside of Stu. Um, and then really it's just been um, Humphrey and that and kind of the nice pickups that you can hold through. So, um, yeah, everyone's going to be in the same bad boat. And just um, I think not overreacting to a single week, keeping a level be what helps but obviously by planning now and um looking at you know these forced trades whether it be an oliver or a kelly or whoever it may be and then figuring out how do i get off some of these red i can and then um bringing in primos are going to help me through the buys is, is what you should be trying to do yep definitely keep trying to upgrade if you need to right this week you know i'm doing the same um we'll talk about some primos later but like laird looks a great option if you don't have him um coming in but yeah i like george's point next week probably not going to be doing much you know fix your dead bench get some uh you know playing rookies in like those north fellas hopefully um you know not only help going to help you across the buys you know hopefully get some more cash gen going that we'll, we'll desperately need uh and then yeah like we'll get three trades every week you know remember that from starting next week and um yeah be able to Hopefully navigate them well, but uh, I am with you, George. Depending on your trade count, I'm not, you know, say I'm looking at a, you know, round 14 with with 17. I'm probably not going to spend a trade on sidewaysing a, you know, constable or you know he'll be playing or whatever to another rookie for 50 points. You know, unless they look like a great rookie um, that's going to make us a lot of cash, I'm not going to waste a trade on on something like that. Probably just take the the 17 scores. But um, yeah, I'm looking okay. Um, We'll talk about Neil and those likes later. I'm not sure if I want to bring him in um, just a week before his buy. But, um, yeah, uh, just got to navigate it well. Hopefully, uh, Johnson gets into the team. I know a lot of us carrying him on the bench uh, I don't know. for us. I don't think there's a spot. Um, I don't without see rubbing it in, JD, yeah. I've got old Rouston on the bench. He might get in for Kelly. So we'll Yeah, no, he should. Yeah. Rouston should be a shout this week. He had good, good game luck there well, unless, for anyone like me. he gets a spot. Um, and yeah, uh, actually, we'll say uh, Sharp, by the way, is um, Brisbane did have a couple of injuries pop up on their list this week. So even though Rich is good to go, Jack Payne had a concussion, who's a uh, more like he's out this week. And then um, Kitty Coleman had, I think, an issue with his glute. He's a test. And um, Answorth's got concussion as well. So he's also out a week. So we'll look at this and like, 
He'll hold, yep. Yeah, nice. Yes, Rich has to come in, but it looks like Sharp probably gets another week. Hopefully, he avoids the sub this time because I thought uh, he could have actually scored, like he could have scored a 70, 75 for us if he actually played out that final bit of the game. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm somewhat positive on Sharp getting games. It's just whether he gets them during the bye, eat them, right? That's the hard thing. Like if he plays um, round 14 and 15, hero. If he plays every other round but 14 and 15, I'll curse his name forever. So it's, you know, <laughs> it's sedge stuff for right now. Yep, yep. Because obviously, yeah, twelve the buy thirteen. You're not really going to, you know, need him. Thirteen's as much. fine. I don't. Yeah, anyone can take a week off. Big deal. Like, Oliver's not playing. Who cares, right? Everyone's feeling eighteen. Friends, pretty much that week anyway. Yeah, but everyone's going to key for everyone. Yeah, like in 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 thirteen, no one is moving ranks because it's best eighteen, and everyone's going to have at least eighteen premiums. Like honestly, this the difference between the scores is going to be so minimal. Yeah, it's going to be who had the best primos that week, I guess, hey? Yeah, um, yeah. Like, it, you know, if you've got buddies that went 180 that week or you got the Merit that went 162 or the Sinclair, like, yeah, you have a slightly better week, maybe 100 points better. But, like, no one's going huge, huge points that round. No. Cool. All right, let's get to, firstly, some concerning premiums that uh, people might have out there and, and we'll talk about what we think with them before we do get to uh, some of the guys we look to bring in. But... Uh, we've got four here that we want to speak about. Um, first of those is Noah Anderson. Now, look, very unfortunate. Like, right. There's nothing to discuss it, here. He's got the goodbye. You need him. Guys. That's why you picked him. You just hold and cop it on the chin. He's always been someone that is up and down, has up and down weeks. And honestly, if you expect um, like Humphrey and Atkins to out and Anderson every week, you got rocks in your head. He'll be fine. Like, Just hold and move on. I, it's, it's like... The weirdest thing to cry about. You picked him for the buys, you're holding him for the buys. Move on. Yeah. It's just there's something poetic about bringing a guy in, though, after a 190 for 600K who gets you. It happens. Doesn't even got you that many points the next two weeks, has he? <laughs> yeah. Don't chase last week's points. Like, you just can see it's going to happen with Merritt. Everyone's going to trade him in that missed him last week, and he's going to get tagged by O'Neill and score like 80. And then you get tears like, is Merritt have to trade him out? Like, like, what did you expect? Just, yeah, hold yeah. and move. I'm sorry, I'm irritable. You know, any time... So what if you... Here, if you had a lot of trades, I, I I could see, and you had no other problems, maybe, because but, you don't trust him anymore. Then, but why'd you bring him in if you didn't, don't trust him now, two weeks later? So, yeah. But, but the thing is, like, even those that, like, um, uh, like have extra trades and whatever, you still need him for your buys. Like, you don't have that many trades that you can just blow them willy-nilly. Otherwise, why'd you bring, bring him in for the buys anyway? Yeah. Um. He's been copying attention. That's not going to happen every game. Like, just, I think, just chill. Like, he's he's going to be fine. But, I mean, like, we've got fake Primo. It's like, let's move on. Anderson doesn't do, deserve the disrespect, honestly. He's break even to 200. I'd be tempted. To, I, this is a, could be a bad call, but I'd be tempted to cash him in because of his price. Who? Sicily. Bank 80K. <laughs> and you don't have to sweat on a premium. It's just not worth a trade. I guess you get you're gonna get the extra points in the buys as well. So you actually you're almost certainly giving up points over this period. Bonds um, break evens one eighty one, and you could make one hundred and sixty k trading him to Sicily. Are we advocating that this week. It's got the worst buy too. I'm not against it to be honest. <laughs> Hold Anderson. That's just not that's not yeah. the play. Uh, Adam Saad has been quite the disappointment after saying the season quite hot. People would have jumped on him. Uh, it's sort of gone, you know, opposite with him and Doc, right? Doc, you know, we all sort of jumped off and now Doc's come back into frame, playing quite well, scoring quite well. And 
I jumped off. Uh, I, I happily did. <laughs> and it was the right move. Um, it was but, not the right move. You got bailed out by an injury. At 600k. At 70s for three at weeks. At 600k for Dacos, I think you almost had to if he was your only avenue. Yeah, I didn't have Dacos, so um, I'll do that yeah, 10 yeah, times that's over. That's fair. Um, for some reason, like McGovern is like almost droppable now. And then I, I can't explain what's happened. They moved him forward for the second half. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. It's Carlton, mate. That's all you got to say. I don't know I what's going on. I did see McGovern get a ball in like the third quarter. I'm like, oh, he's playing the game. I just like one of the most invisible games I've ever seen from from McGov. Yeah, to be fair, it's just you see the walking inside fifty. You see the proven guys at the moment, just like the cream rising to the top. Like you look at the you scroll through the top six defenders, it's it's the same blokes as last year now, plus Zebel and and Ryan, who I think is tailing off a bit. So, um, yeah, you see like guys like Doc rise back up. So. I would jump offside. Like I don't know what's happening. I think he could be fake. He might be okay, but when I'm uncertain, I, I just jump. <laughs> but you might not be. Might not have the traits for that. But um, yeah, I, I'd jump off to be honest, just because I don't know what you're going to get from him. Yeah, well, it's less said about Saad. It's more who are you going to? He's 480k. Always, always already sorry, dropped a lot of cash. Um, same yeah, buy as Cogs. I'd pay 30k get up to Cogs or DPP or something. Yeah, yeah. who should be good with no Kelly for the next month? He should, he's scoring and I think boost. up until the buy, I think they've got like a Mickey Mouse fixture because they've just had a tough fixture. Uh, I reckon it's like North and West Coast or something, it's, or like two it's, easy no, no, teams. It's, it's, it's Cats with no midfield this week, then it's the Tigers with no midfield, and then it's North. So that's yeah. very nice. Cogs should be right. Green should be yeah. a captain option. Yes, let's speak about that let's soon. Let's get to two guys who oh. have more owned in a lot more teams. Uh, Will Day, we did mention off the top, was George's fault of the week, was all of ours really in a very big week from a lot of premiums, but only the 74. I know he got tagged, JD, but I will say that since I've had him, he hasn't turned up for me, and that's been four weeks. So um, he hasn't really done much. Uh, I don't blame him totally you know he, he's still finding the footy a bit he does use it poorly at times maybe um takes on some tougher kicks than others i don't know look i'm gonna hold until he's by no matter what uh just depends really how much cash he drops at that point for me but i'll definitely see his next three weeks out it's just more will i hold him past that um is a question um so what do you guys see there i mean he's still getting decent enough mid-time I must say he's him missing two weeks hurt more than I thought it was going to because like Warpool's found a bit of form now and he's looking pretty good. Newcomb's found form, he's looking pretty good, and then Nash has really emerged as like like just gone to another level, like this massively tall, impressive midfielder that can kind of do it all. And it's like Day went from being their clear number one mid like them being, you know, like a much more equitable midfield. And it's hurt a little bit and then being tagged on top of that hurts, but I test wise, he still passes it for me. I still think he in every game he's played so far, and he's getting the CBAs. So um, yeah, given the other concerns I've got, like he's a hold to the bias for me, and um, I'm a little bit surprised by how quick people are to trade him. I, I kind of get that if you do look at the last month since we traded him, the scores haven't been great. But to be honest, like this week was a hard tag, like a proper hard tag. And then the three weeks before that were all like um, high 80s and 90s against good midfields where they got smacked around. It looked good. It's just he had one, like the fourth quarter, most of those games didn't look particularly good. So I like, I, I get that he's not a top six defender. I don't think we picked him as one. 
Um, and now we're at the point of the year where people are running low on trades. I think most people seem to still be like keen to use two a week, which I just don't think so. I think this is the time where you, if you want to trade him during the buys to like Sinclair or someone that you don't have um, once that's happened or Stuart once that's happened, like I think that's fine. But I just think trading him now this week is the right play. George? Mm, I want to jump. <laughs> you know what I'm like. Uh, I'll, I'll hold to the buys. I don't I don't think I have the trades for this. Um, I'd probably need to go down to two injury trades for the rest of the year. And that's not including any more carnage coming up for the next few weeks So, or for the rest of the year. So don't think it's feasible for me to jump. Uh, my only concern is, yeah, I think as JD said, the rise of Nash and Newcomb's found a bit of form. I think he's gone like, I think 110 plus with the past few weeks bar one game. So yeah, just eating into that ceiling. They're still playing him forward for a quarter. So it's when you're on a losing team, you're playing forward for a quarter and you got other guys taking a lot of points around you. It's getting pretty hard to hit that 95 to 100 mark. Uh, if you average 90 for the rest of the year, I'd actually be fine with that. So I'm hoping for that. But I'll assess in the buy round. I would I would honestly be very surprised if he averaged less than that. I think the thing that's going to really scare me is in two weeks, I've got Port and I think you know, Port are pretty um, super coach hungry side. And then the Lions the week after, and I know we had the Gold boys go okay against him, but I could see him having two really bad scores um, into his bye week and then people just wanting to jump off uh, uh, off desperately. But the, the fixture opens up after that. So post by it's Gold Coast, Carlton, GWS, North, Tigers is the next five. And that fixture just looks really nice for mid. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty keen to hold for now. Yeah, look, if we had unlimited trades, I'm sure he'd be gone, but that's not the game and how we play it. So I'll, I'll be holding tight for three weeks and reassess. Reassess then. Uh, the probably most interesting one of the bunch here is, is Harry Sheasel. Um, incredible talent. Absolute <laughs> elite. Watching that North game on the weekend, him and Wardlaw just doing seemingly whatever they want in that second half against Sydney. It, literally a team who just went to the grand final. Last year, obviously, um, went down in the end, but uh, obviously got moved uh, forward of the ball. So played a bit uh, off half forward, then with some stints in the midfield. It wasn't a uh, you know full CBA role. I think it was about thirty or forty percent, but you know, obviously enough um, to to up his scoring in that sense. But it's not going to be as good as his obviously free halfback role. How good is it? Is the question? Is it going to be still ninety five? I know he went one hundred and twelve in this game, but he did kick a couple of goals. That's not going to happen every week. North are going to have their, you know, get absolutely smacked um, yeah. coming up this week against Collingwood. So what does he score in that role? You know, if he's playing Collingwood this week, right? Probably not great, but he's a talent. He could, he could probably still do still do well. Yeah. I think this is the really hard thing with Sheasel because in that forward role, he's not worse. Like we got a good week out of him, but the reality is he's not worth 475k. He's not the keeper anymore. Um, and... The plan for me, as was with the position he was playing, was we get to their bye and I flip him for Dawson or Sicily. That was always my plan. And you may already have those and it's someone else instead. I think the hard part is like that's now so far away. And if he continues to play this role, we're going to get a huge decrease in cash over the next few weeks. And then what do you do? Because uh, there's really no one coming off the first buy unless you want to dabble in Luke Ryan or maybe someone in another line where like this works. But I think... 
to get the most out of him, you hold him through to the buys. Um, if you are blessed with trades, then this is actually the one, and Guigo did this move this week, of jumping off Sheasel early, playing in this different role um, to get an upgrade into your side. I just see it as kind of hard now until we actually get into the buys and then maybe go in for one of the mids coming off the round 12 buy. And that's where, like, how I've adjusted. It was always going to be trading during the buys for me, but now I think it's like, do I have to bring this forward, which is unfortunate, but maybe the play. What do you reckon, Jods? Ask me in round 15. I don't oh, think you can not. trade him. Trade him, uh, yeah, just wait and see. I think they want him They want him around the ball. He's getting CBAs. Okay. Next next, next three weeks, who who plays more? Uh, who averages more? She's all day. And Price. Uh, I have no idea. I'll back in day. Like, I just... I know the uh, role is better. Well, day's only 60% CBA, and what was she's like? 35, 40? Day is a like a really good talent. I know he's not uh, like this hype draft pick, but he's a mature body now, but he just, he looked so good in there at the start of the year. Who's like, taking the points in the in the um, North midfield? The other team. The other team. She's not going to score anything against these good. They're going to get thumped. To be honest, uh, God, I, he was I, given I, a first use and they, they were actually I, doing really well against the likes I, of... Parker, bloody Chad Warner, like these aren't chumps. Yeah, I, I get that. Can he get can that. he do ninety in a forty percent CBA role? I think there's a chance. Yeah, I will... yeah. yeah, but I yeah. think I think Day's better than in in sixty percent yeah. CBA role. So, and this you is the thing, right? Like so, everyone's yeah. like, "Oh, let's trade Day, let's trade Day," but that thing, they're just looking at the weak score. I still think Day's a better prospect than Chisel from here to the end of the year, and I, like, I, I don't really think it's close as well. Sure, yeah. if you're going to get rid of... I need more data on this. I'll... How many trades have you got? You know, Sheasel's break-even um, is 92. Days is 110. It's not really like that big of a difference. And if you have to hold one, the whole day. Yeah, I'll, I'll wait and see on this. The next three weeks and, um, and they'll decide to be honest, I, get, I, I get your side of it. It's like I get Sheasel's talent and people want to like um, go on that, which like I think is fine. But um, I think just make sure you're assessing on the right things here and like think about the role and um, body size, teams, fixture. And then like, does this still make sense? Or are you just reacting on one scored 112, the other 74 in a hard tag? Like, you know, what, what, what's actually leading your decision making here? What's the process? But I'd, I'd back in day. I like, and definitely World where she's all does better. But like, yeah, day's my boy. I remember yep. in the preseason, Sheasel was racking it up. They put him in the midfield for a quarter and he just racked it up. George, that was his first game doing it on the weekend and he did that. Whereas in pre- yeah. Day hasn't done that for a month. So he's insane. He's nuts. I, I, To be honest, I'm backing in that top end talent more than Day. I'm not saying Day's bad, but I'll probably see on the yeah. Sheasel thing. But as I said, the next three weeks will decide for me. Whoever's going bad, yeah. see you later because I can't afford yeah. to trade both. Yeah. I don't think so. I, yeah. I wouldn't trade either this week. I think if you are really blessed and you want to do the aggressive thing, then jumping off Sheasel is the one I would jump off not day if I have to pick. Um, and I do think Day will do better than here. And it's not to discount Sheasel's talent, but we've seen Day score well when them getting beaten by really good midfields. Sheasel will score well in a preseason game where there's no heat. And then um, a game against the Swans who are struggling at the moment. Like, I, I just... I, I don't comparable to what day's done yeah doesn't mean he can't do better than him from here but i like i just following my process i picked day like nine out of ten times 
Yeah. Anyway, I've labored this too long. Let's move on to something more fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, defender targets. Uh, I haven't jotted them all down to get on screen, but there is a few here. You know, Dawson. I guess as a non-Dawson owner perspective, JD, how would you know? How would you say to all those out there that aren't as well in the way you're approaching him and what you possibly we, getting? Him we have been blessed the last couple of weeks. Like, let's be yeah. real here. Um, for someone that was crushing us with 120s, 130s, and showing ceiling games in the 160s, and to have uh, what like two weeks where he's gone like 89 and 92 or something like that is just Oh, so much relief because he's losing a bit of price. He's not, you know, 50 points on whichever defender I have in his spot instead. Um, and I think, you know, they've got uh, what one more hard game this week in, in the um, where he may not score as well. But once again, Gold Coast scored all right this week. Um, so for me, it was like the plan was to wait until the buyers. I kind of already talked about flipping Sheasel to Dawson. Like I still want Dawson, but he's priced so high, I can't really get to him. I guess it's kind of interesting this week that if you've got forced trades in um, uh, and uh, and Josh Kelly, like Dawson actually could be your best option this week. But I think, um, yeah, it might either be like sideways if it makes sense there and if you bounce back pretty quickly or um, wait until the buys and, and upgrade him as your last, you know, defender target or sideways from a she's or something like that to help with your buys. You guys have North just before the buy, George, so I'd... Um... I hate no, we have uh, we have West yeah. Coast. Sorry, but, uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so I think he's he, going to yeah, take Garrett's cup this week. He's going to take Dawson in a few. You can't get him before that buy, so I think he's still a post buy. But at least he's a one seventy break even. He'll come down a bit, and hopefully that round, if you don't have him, he has a high break even. Maybe he hits it, and then you just get him for I don't know five ninety or whatever. Uh, yeah. What was his price a few weeks ago? Like six sixty or something like that. Um, yeah. And so he's now down at six twenty. If if we can get him under six hundred after his buy, that's such a big for for those that were on the wrong side of that trade. Honestly, like just count your blessings. Yep. Um, Tom Stewart. I think I feel like most have sort of got him in at some point over the last month or so. Except besides for... you. <laughs> um, except for the. the Stuart Fader Hand Club number one ticket holder, Giordano. Like, you know, nah. looking even at with this buy, good buy, I'm going Sicily. That's what I mean. That buy round's so good. I look, who, who can I? You know, I tried to get two a month ago. He shot me in the ass. Wits, you know, he's not really an option anymore. Had his time off, and Noah Anderson sort of was a bit of a up in the air thing. And I know some people went in, but Stuart to me was just like the most obvious clear lock from that buy round. It's going to help you so much across that period that I was just like, get him in. Um, yeah, so I assume most people at this point probably have him somewhere in the team, but George, are you looking at him at all? Or are you just going to nah, leave, never. let it ride into the sunset? I don't like my soft tissue history. No for me. <laughs> I'm not going to get into it, but his soft tissue history is a lot less than a lot of players you currently own. <laughs> not um, really. I mean, not, not to mention, you're no, talking about... Was that was it soft tissue? <laughs> no. <laughs> Was it Castro? He had come from some muscle in his body the last year. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Not not to mention, you're talking about targeting like soft fixtures, and the two games before his buy, Western Sydney and the Bulldogs. Like those are pretty nice matchups for defenders. So Mm. yeah, lap up some points there. I think he's got um, he's he's that kind of fixture now where they start playing a little, little bit more Melbourne, a little bit more Goomba. So um, yeah, yeah. Look forward to the looking George forward self. to those. 
Um, we'll move on. Sicily, a big, big target. Probably the number one that we all ad- advocate for. Uh, sitting at 550 and has like a 50 do. break even. JD still doesn't. He doesn't like the sis. Um, no, so I we'll get into do, that. But, like, um, he's he's yeah. lifting heavy for me in uh, fantasy. But, and and like, I was actually surprised looking at his thing because he did have that 60 a couple of weeks ago, a bit like Sinclair. But the rest of the games out been tons. Like, uh, if four of his last five games have been tons and three of them have been over 125. So he's actually been scoring really well the last five weeks. Kind of like, it's a surprise 550k, if I'm being honest. Yeah, had a couple of down ones. The Jeremy K game where he'd lost it. Yeah, I mean, it, it boils 50, down to that, yeah. really. Yeah. Like, he's played maybe three or four games as the second key tool and the rest as not. Like, Blank Pert played mm-hmm. early. Just got dropped for whatever reason, and now he's back, and it's um, it's all good. From I think the key with Sicily is that he's happier playing this role rather than keep position. Probably is, yeah. So he yeah. probably won't lose his head as much. Mind you, watching him on the weekend, he was bullying West Coast. He was like <laughs> taking a contested grab in front of him, mouthing off, going back and taking his kick. It's pretty <laughs> funny to watch. Um, the West Coast there, there at shambles. So not expecting that sort of dominance every week, but yeah, straight in for me this week. Uh, so interestingly, the top five five round averages and defenders over the last yeah, well, five rounds. Um, uh, number five is Sinclair at 107.6, number four, Stewart at 107.8, then Sicily at 112.8, uh, Darcy Moore at 117, and then uh, Jack Siebel uh, leads the pack at 118. So, um, like interestingly, we talk about Dawson and Dacos and some of these other boys, but it's actually, yeah, Sicily, Stewart, Sinclair, Zebel, and uh, yeah, Darcy Moore. Yeah, and Sicily is in there with a 60 and doesn't have 180 like Siebel does either. So <laughs> Sicily's in there with a 60 as well. So, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, um, yeah, like that option. We'll roll into Sinclair as another one as someone you could look at if you don't own. Um, we're sort of dropping in price, maybe not, not now. He's got, the, he's got the first buy. The first buy. So yeah, you probably you don't leave him this week, but, but yeah, definitely a target. Post buy, yeah. just probably unfortunate. He just went 160 and is going to be a bit more expensive than you would have liked, but he's still very uh, cheap. After it's, a 112 actually, this week, it's got him at 550 for next. So yeah. post buy, about 550. It's actually an interesting question. We probably should have covered in buy plan. Is there any premium that you would advocate bringing in this week from the round 12 buy? Because I, I think for me, it's just waiting on all of them now. They play one game, then they're out for one. I just wouldn't trade in anyone. I don't really care what the break-even is or anything like that. If you're really comfortable for that buy round that you're bringing him in for, I think you can. Because you're probably getting rid of a rookie anyway, so that you probably don't want. That's sure, maybe if you've got like out. playing easily already of good quality. Then like yeah. a Hollands or something. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit tough, but yeah, it does depend how you're going. Uh, I'm okay with it. Look, obviously, yeah, you don't get it. Well, I think you're getting one Sicily is the one. Sicily break even of 50. Uh, yeah, but Sicily doesn't play the first. Like round he's, 40, oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but, but, I mean, like, if you play the first buy, would you bring him in this week? And I still think the answer is probably no. I just brought in Brayshaw and Steele, like, two and three yeah, weeks was, ago. It was, like, two and three games. into one now. It's one and then yeah. one off. Yeah. I don't think I, anyone I think stands I'm, out. I think, yeah. I think I'm just hard no. Um, Rookies are fine, but I wouldn't bring in any premium. What if you were trading Wilmot? You could just trade Wilmot this week to play on the same buy. Because whoever you bring in is getting a buy. So, and Wilmot has that buy. 
I guess it depends if you can upgrade or not. If not, you just do rookie corrections or yeah. trade Oliver if you want to go down that route. Yep. Okay, cool. Uh, unfortunately, I think a lot of those decent, cheaper options are from that buy, like your Brayshaw, Steels, Neil, Sinclair. They're all, I've got that buy, and they're all nice and cheap. But mm-hmm. um, Finish off with some defenders, yeah. So, uh, some cheaper ones, or Doc's actually gone up a bit in price after his recent form, but he is there if you are that way inclined. Um, seems to sort of be back to his sort of picking best behind the ball. I did spot him in the midfield at some point or two you know, in the second half of that game, I think, but very minimal. It's sort of like 20% each game, uh, 20, 30. So he's still just spending majority down back. He's going to be there. He, we know he can score back there. He just had a weird start to the year. Um but yeah, McGovern's depends. out of there now, so it's positive. Depends on people's <laughs> tolerances. Trading in a player that they've traded out already this year, most likely. Uh, but I still think he's a good option. <laughs> you know, standalone, I think he's a good option. Um, we'll, yeah, we'll get we'll move on. We'll sail through a, a couple of these. Bailey Dale's there has been spoken about a little bit. You know, JJ going down for ten, eight to ten weeks with a hammy um, has been a premium scorer before, but is really. You know, in the last 20, 25 games, setting back to last year, has been pretty average. Um, you know, I think it's only like two tons this year in total. Uh, we'll get all the kick-ins back, though, as a positive as JJ was sort of taking half of them, if not more. So he's there. Again, say you had like a sad that we mentioned before as a concerning premium, you wanted to just jump off. You could go to, to a Dale, but it's probably someone that's just as <laughs> concerning and uh, you're unsure about. So that's When totally JJ comes back for the last... Month and a half, it'll be frustrating. Yeah, which is uh, no like Bevo. Who knows? Like, does he send Daniel back? Who's playing good up the ground? So I don't know. I can't be bothered with Bevo. But if you're looking for a cheap option and you feel like you need to go that route, I think he's okay. But I would rather go for someone more proven and has a coach that won't restrict him potentially. Could that be the last guy we've got here in Jordan Ridley? Who, funnily enough, another oh, one might not people had. Please don't. Please don't. Essendon, I think, had the most uncontested or most marks of any game this year. Like, it, they, there's a very specific game plan to beat the Tigers. Like, they had to double their average uncontested marks. Yes, Ridley looked good, but it was like 14 marks. It was 30-something touches. And this isn't Essendon's game plan every um, Not only that, but we, as we've kind of talked about a little bit, we're going into the soft fixture where Essendon's going to start beating up on these teams. It's even less useful, Ridley, I think, in these games. I just don't see the score. This is, as someone that has started him two years in a row, even though I didn't really want to, please don't. Please, I, I, I don't want to see people hating on because he failed as a super coach pick. I like the man too much. Just leave him alone. Let him be. He's not the ticket, all right? Just, no. Let's, let's move on from Ridley. All right. So midfield targets. Um as I just literally mentioned with that round 12 buy, we've got Sarong here. We've got Andy B, Neil and Steele, who all have that first buy and are all, um, well, Sarong's over 600 still playing very well. And someone I think, I think we all believe now is probably uh, going to be top eight uh, mid this year, whether he can just sustain it for the full year is probably what we need to see. But, you know, his profile and him himself is all pointing towards that. Any of these guys, we'll probably just group them together, George, that you want to speak about. Uh, the most or what you see here that stands out the most. Andy maybe sort of already gone. We, he was quite cheap. He's still 570, so if you like him enough, you can get him. Um, 
But I think one I'd probably want to ask you about first is probably Lockie Neal because he, he's been on a radar for, for some people. Others just don't want to go near him. But 560, one of the best scorers, you know, in his prime that we've seen. Are you interested at all in Lockie Neal? At the right price, yes. I'd rather Sarong. Just looking at that fixture, it's pretty nice. Uh, post by Hawthorne, Sydney, St Kilda, Richmond, West Coast. Oh, boy. Not bad, is it? I've... Then Melbourne, who give up. Um, I think he's fine. I lean towards players in the age bracket of 28, maybe 29 and under. I think he's 30 now. So always a chance of slight regression. That's kind of just the way I see it. But he looks fine. He's had a few down games, which is a concern. And just watching the lines, they it's like they're playing like the dogs. They're like flicking it around in the midfield. They're all getting more touches for whatever reason. So um, I think he's a, yeah, I think he's a fine option. What is he average? 105 to 110, I think, post-buyer. He's not getting tagged anymore. So I think that's where I'd put him. Not sure. I think he's fine. If he got to six hundred, I wouldn't touch him. But at his price, five sixty, I think I think that's fine. So this is an exercise we're going to do in um, probably a couple of weeks once we come off the round twelve buy. But I'd love to get your take now on like Steele, Neil, Sarong, uh, who are like the four midfielders off the top of my head that are all in that round twelve buy that you could reasonably trade in afterwards. Like, where is Neil on that list? Because price is that different on some of these boys at the moment. Okay, so there's Sarong a bit more, but sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Okay, so the list is Sarong, Brayshaw, Neil, Steele. Number one, Sarong. Number two, Steele. Number three, Brayshaw. Number four, Neil is what I'd do, where I'd have it. Uh, to elaborate. What about, what about versus Chad Warner? No, nah, I don't care for Warner. Okay. I don't know what just, I'm going to get from Warner. I, I haven't seen a full season of premium from him. I've seen a full season of premium from the others. It's it's as simple as that for, for me. He could be good, but um, Sydney are crap, and I don't know what I'm going to get from him. Eno, where, where do you sit on the four? I think Sarong's, yeah, no doubt. Number one, it's where the rest fit in. I'd probably even have Andy as number two. Um, in the prime of his career, uh, you know, seems to be healthy with that knee. I know he's not the greatest super coach scorer in the world, but I still have concerns over Neil's age, obviously number one, and then still his body still. Um, so um, for me, I'll probably have Andy too. And then oh, George probably hate me. I'll probably almost lean towards Neil three, still four. That's fine. <laughs> I yeah. don't hate Steel. I just. Mm, Neil does worry me though. Is... You look at the 60 and 70s and these scores and you go, that's concerning. Like that's full time yeah. mid. He's been playing full time mid in those games. What happened? Um, so, yeah, yeah he does concern me. I think the, the problem I have with Neil and why he'd be four for me as well is like, I just don't understand where his increase in scoring comes from. Steele is obvious. He's being injured, presumably no longer injured, you know, post by, assuming things go well between now and then, he picks up. Brayshaw's had a problem with his knee. Freo have been bad. Then no, he's, his knee's fine. He keeps going. And then Sarong's been smashing Neil when it comes to <coughs> scoring this year. So, what changes for Neil? It's yeah, he's eighty-eight percent for the year. It's unless it's injury or change in philosophy, which I don't know why they would because they're winning and they're not Neil reliant, which is what the weakness was before you tag the lines. Like, 
so why why like what is changing that makes neil worth picking over any of these boys and so like for me that's why i'm like i don't care it's not because he hasn't done well in the past it's not because he won't be okay it's just there's better options everywhere i look than than neil which is you know sad to say but i, I just there's around it for me at the moment yeah on the other hand i can see him easily going a month of just monstrous scoring like he has in the past um so go 180s for a month but like but why right this is where like process over yeah like i just there's no nothing in the process that says he's 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 the man um yeah like he used to get 30 every week now there's some games where he's getting 20 21 22 and it's just like not enough for a guy like him who handles a lot you know doesn't Mm-hmm. Hit the scoreboard much, blah blah blah. And Dunks is there, and he's taken a lot of, you know, ball away. And Dunks gets involved quite a lot around the ground in uncontested stuff. So, yeah, yeah. yeah Ashcroft is taking up a lot of the hit up, easy hit up stuff that Neil used to get as well. I've noticed that. And like, yeah, Dunkley's the target through the ground now. That so, and the thing is, right, Neil doesn't look bad in these games. He's not playing badly. He's not Working. in bad yeah. form. It he looks good at the end of the games, but it's just not a one thirty anymore it's a hundred but once again why would that change now it looks good from the lines of playing like a premiership side like so they're not going to mess with this i just don't think the super coach upside is there unless dunkley or ashcroft or someone like that goes down yeah he has help now that's simple as that he used to be one man army carrying you know very young mccluggage and berry types and doing it all himself but that's not the case anymore uh last one we got down here george is Old Jordan Degoe, who I won't lie, I have had a look at, but I can't bring myself to do it. I can't. No. I don't think it's possible. The fixture is obviously very nice, but last time I picked someone for fixture, you know, got to stop looking at that and just look at the player himself. Um, he could most certainly go big over the next few weeks, but it's not someone I'd want to own for the rest of the year. So you're basically locking yourself into another trade of, you know, at his buy, getting rid of him again. And that's just not really something I'm in position to do. So, um, yeah. Let that man slide. And that's without mentioning all the stuff that could go wrong with the guy as well. So um, <laughs> we will we will move on. Um, forward targets. Uh, you know, this could be a spot where we kind of have to look at a few, you know, other ones. If we don't get a Walsh, we don't get a Gorn. Um, McRae's probably locked in at this stage. is happening. Um, so Butters, Cogs, they're obviously guys that may be the lower owned of the, you know, everyone's all got the, the big guys, the Taranto, Dunkley's. Rosie, um, etc. But it's probably still one of these two guys you have. Butters is six twenty now. <laughs> Very frustrating to all us non-owners that we haven't gone there. You can't really go there now. He's got that terrible buy. Uh, he's a lot of price, money. We've just got to sort of hope and pray that he can have a down game at some point. And um, I don't know when honest, the scoring's going to end. He's he was <laughs> he's got he's, the tigers this week. He's got Hawthorne he, next week. He was hampered for a month, and he's still leading the coaches' votes. Mm. Didn't even have the role for him the first month of the season. So we saw signs of this for years, and then it's it's finally come together. Um, those that have him, I honestly don't know how we're going to catch him. No. Um, I think actually you could, if if you were okay for that last buy, which literally like no one is, I think you could do Oliver to Butters. Clary to Butters, yeah. I don't even treat him as a forward man. He's a top eight mid in this game. Yeah. <laughs> he just is. Yeah. <laughs> he has I'm not against him. Just... I like to find not owning him. I'm so happy because 
like you guys know from the Discord, I was banging on all preseason about how I think Butters is better than Rosie. And that's no knock on Rosie. I just massive Butters. I don't even think we need to have that conversation. Mm. They're all good. And they have J- Jason or yeah. Francis. This but, is a dynasty. But, <laughs> but like the, the only question was like, would he get enough CBAs? And yeah, he's got the CBAs now. And what we what we knew he could do. The, it's just durability. And then the buy is bad. And now he's priced out. So I, like, I just don't think you can actually, he's probably not worth the money. So it's a little bit like what happened with Dorset here, where like, um, he just shot up in price because he had these couple of big games. And it's just like the the price you pay for what you get just isn't worth it despite how good they're playing. Same thing happened with Oliver. I think Butters is at that point where like his risk return isn't worth the price you pay anymore. But for those that have him, just enjoy the ride because he's amazing to watch each week. He's going to get 150 the next two weeks as well and be about 700K. Honestly, I fully expect that. So Because you're waiting for a regression game because he's been getting best ons and then he does that. Now he's got Richmond, no hopper. Like, I don't know. When is it going to end? He's got Richmond know. in general. doesn't matter who's in the team or not. He's <laughs> just got Richmond. Um, and then Hawthorne at, at home. So, yeah. The bounce back with the new coach it happens every year. <laughs> the bounce Tigers back might be a up. win, but it will still be Butters 160 on the other end. <laughs> <laughs> and it won't be Tigers a win. Butters much. gets a double time. It won't be a win. Um, Let's look at some more. Like, let's talk about obviously Cogs is there. We brought him up, you know, Jelly out for a month. Decent fixture yeah. uh, opens up. He's yeah. there. Someone I might consider. Um, but of course, I'll same tell you what, being inside of the Cogs butters ownership stack just feels awful. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, Cogs pulls it back a bit over the next month, but I'm not like clamoring to jump on him. He's not great viewing. Is there anyone else you want to mention? I mean, Bailey Smith, we sort of brought up earlier, is there speaking about McRae, yep. but it's a bit of terrorism it's, with with bevo so um it's the same buys the problem as well like it's again, just you know yep, you don't want the, the round 15 buys the bad buy for the forwards and so i i just not for these types and we thought we might get walsh as well as a forward which still could happen and then it's like I, I really can't get any of these types because then how do i ever get in walsh yeah um no, I think the only one that I've been having a little bit of a cheeky look at is uh, Jeremy Cameron just because of the buy. And then the other Cameron Darcy is probably worth quickly touching on as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so- any belief that any belief that the Cats can turn around form and um, uh, Cameron can kind of uh, get back to what we saw in the early rounds, I think is question one. Just don't have the midfield. They're not going to get it to him enough. You know, there's no danger in there to get it out of the guts enough. They have no power mids. They've got... Just your Atkins and yeah, this week as well. Like similar type of mids, they have no exploit. I just lost. Yeah, Holmes, did you say? So they have they have yeah. no of that type of power mid that can extract it and get it to him. So we might see Jez in there. Honestly, it wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yes, it could be playing full time mid. They get Gary Ryan. Wouldn't be surprised. He's done it in the past. Um, yes, I can't Let's sit through key forwards. I can't do it. I just get Jeremy too trigger happy. Yeah. One fifty break yeah. even hamstring last year. Oh no, maybe it was the year before. No, um, no, I, I can't. I think this week GWS have no key defenders, so it might be a fun week. I, I can't sit through it, so I just <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, and then the other it. one is Darcy Cameron. Then so people obviously looking at him as an option last week until the talk of him being the sub and not getting named and then being the late in kind of happened. Um, like didn't particularly great, but definitely did some all right things in the game. I think his break evens now at a point in the one thirties where it probably doesn't make sense to bring him in this week. You now kind of get free looks and can do him as a 
cheaper option. But have you guys still got an eye on um, Cameron as someone that you might want to bring in, especially given he's one of the forward targets that doesn't have the last buy? For sure. Yep. At the right price, then I don't know what the role was going to be. Plus, he's kind of injury prone. So, but at least it's like post buy, it'll be what 10 weeks he has to get through. Um, yeah, just yeah, you get free looks at it, like you said, just wait and see. Yep, want to see the right time go up, JD, really. So, I mean, the promising sign was that his CBAs were back to what we saw at the start of the year, so it was like 67%, which is right in line with what he had at the start. But, um, yeah, the rock contest might be a different story. That's the one I haven't checked yet because I mean, who who looks at the profit? 60 40, so it's like pretty much what it was. In the first opening, in the opening rounds with Cox. Yeah. So I have a feeling, and I haven't checked it yet. In a way, don't have all the setup, but um, I have a feeling that he didn't have like the highest time on ground, so they did manage him a bit through the game. No, he didn't. They both had sixties. Him and Cox. Um, so yeah, definitely management. George said winning. Yeah. They they yeah. could and, sub him off going forward if they're like up by a lot. The the first the year where he played full was 77% and 84%. So he's down 20% time on ground. So I think maybe that's the thing that we're kind of waiting for. When does the time on ground tick up into the um, high 70s? And that's probably a, a sign that you could you could jump on and buy. All right, cool. Thanks for discussing those. Let's let's keep going. Beautiful. Um, and then obviously, yeah, keep a look at Gorn and uh, Walsh and anyone who might get DPP. But, uh, yeah, get to the rookies. We'll finish off. With some of those, um, some expensive ones. Now, a few here that people have missed the boat on, so to speak, but is there any merit in uh, any of them, George? I'll ask you. Atkins, 290. Now, Humphrey, basically the same. Weddle, 230. A lot of people might be um, kicking themselves. They don't have him, who's already made 100K and, and has obviously that big score in the cycle. So, any merit in looking at one of their directions this week? I think over the next five weeks or four, whatever it is, I think they should all make 100K given their low break-evens. I think Atkins is three and here's the highest break-even. The other two are oh, got negative tons in 50. the cycle. So, yeah. so we're talking about Atkins, Humphrey, and Weddle. Um, I would bring in a Gold Coast lad if you have the trades too and you need help during the buys. I don't have the trades, but I need help in the buys. But I still don't have the trades, so <laughs> I'll be passing. Um Bloody hell, I wish I went Humphrey. He's gonna his role oh. so good and he looks great. He had 26 touches, dude. He's taking points away from Anderson. Um yeah, to be fair, know. Anderson getting attention helps, but Atkins is good too. I don't think there's anyone out there with all three. And if you are, well done. You're looking bloody good um, for some not only scoring, but cash gen. During the oh, those, uh, those three and James Mitchell have uh, been the four big ones, really. And then um I think anyone picked up Mitch Nevitt, which is a bit of a side. I think that's going to be mm. really good he's looked good in his You're games and with down. Yeah. yeah big big fan i'm kicking myself i didn't pick up him as well but um with uh with the injuries on his way of course so i, I yeah. think i think he's going to look good for the next couple of weeks I, like i reckon they have a lot to come back mm. buys so maybe he doesn't actually play out the rest of the buy rounds which would be a bit of a shame but big fan of never um yeah so george on um humphrey because like i'm a big like i shouldn't be bringing in 285k half forward rookies for average sides like it just it doesn't make sense but uh the low break even and then the job security through the buys where i'm like I, as i mentioned i've kind of got like 18 and 16 for a couple of these um 
so talking about trades, like I'm Josh Kelly or Oliver Owner, I'm doing a sideways of one of these. And I kind of have, uh, say I've got leftover money, I could either go like a Cowan or a six-round to Fleeton, who we'll talk about a little bit. And that doesn't help my buys, but makes money. Or I could use my bank to move them up to someone like Bailey Humphrey, who won't make as much cash. Plus, I've got to pay, but I get the points during the buys. Like, how do you weigh these up? What What are you thinking about with like which path people should take? I think you got to get the pen and paper out and work out how many points you're going to get and what you want your final team to look like. And if you can get there by bringing in a 280k player. Because if you're going to cop, so, if you think you're going to cop donuts for two buy rounds, but you got Humphrey there, you're probably going to get say he averages eighty, I don't know eighty. Um, I mean, if he if he averages hundred sixty points and hundred k, yeah. Um. So say 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 he gets you hundred and fifty points during the buys. Is he worth? Is that enough? Yeah. Like it's like. Um, but what does it cost you this week? Thirty points over a replacement at one point. Well, he, he, he means that you can't do an upgrade next week, which I don't think is a problem because no one's probably upgrading next week anyway. You're just getting ready for the buys. Um, but it does mean you've got a whole bunch of money into him that you need to then trade out eventually. If you got the trades, I'd still go Humphrey. Because okay. you're not doing anything next week anyway, but you're getting points. No, you're probably not. Maybe you're getting Wardlaw if he looks really good. And I, I think... This is part of the um, consideration as well. If we had rookies next week that um, were Gold Coast rookies or Geelong rookies or um, we're in the first buy or whatever that we handle, Humphrey wouldn't be as attractive. But it's the bad buy that Fleeton, Wardlaw and um, Ford all share. If you know that you're going to bring in one of these guys in the next couple of weeks and your structure already looks bad, then like Bailey Humphrey all of a sudden like seems less bad, even though he breaks all the rules. Of, of what we should and shouldn't be trading in. He's a quality rookie. Like you look at Wardlaw, you hope he holds it together with his hamstrings, but um, mm -hmm. they've built him up. So hopefully he's good for a short period. And then Ford is a forward bit of time on the wing as well, I think. Um, I think they're going to be quality rookies, um, but at least there's like, there's no issues. Like Humphrey is a half forward, high half forward slash CBA mid. Um, Whereas you, you know, Ford could easily score a forty. Whereas or Wardlaw, Touchwood, um, has the injury issues. But and then you pay for quality. You get the. You know what? You should know what you're going to get with Humphrey. I think you get like eighty average, given what what he's done or and how he's looked. But then again, like we see these rookies hit the wall, like Ginby, mm -hmm. Hollands, their kids. So Ashcroft, we thought was hitting a wall, and then goes berserk. Oh, it's a tough one. Would you go Atkins or Humphrey? If you had neither, probably Atkins. I think the thing about Atkins, which is nice, is like the news on well was like, uh, we still don't know when he's coming back. We don't know when that could be. Um, I guess the thing is, though, like it's it's not one or two weeks now. It's five until the end of the buys. And like, well, it should be back in the next month. Um, I think they've also got um, Buderick coming back soon, don't they? Um, I don't know, but I feel like Atkins that, has done enough to, to hold at this point, Lemons right? sputtered up. McAndrews sputtered it up pretty bad. He's played, he's played, he's played, played well. Lemons is out for Buderick still a month away. So maybe it could be Atkins because he probably does have job security for another month. Oh, 
Yeah, that's, I, that's, I've thought that's about a... getting Atkins now at 290. He, he can get to 400 plus and a lot easier than Humphrey, I e- think. Even if you don't get the 100K, you're going to get the points during the buys. That's mm. you get, you get, You're paying for points and a bit of a price rise, so... Um, it's not just as simple as you're playing 100k. It's yeah, points. You, yeah, you kind of want that as well, uh, which I think they'll get. Because I think coming to the buy rounds, it's like the health of your squad is going to be so important. Like I've got a dead bench. I'll correct a few to the North boys, but still, I'm still going to have. Once I correct it, I'm still going to have four or five dead bodies. Whereas that extra warm body with good job security and money making, all that in one, is a pretty nice deal. Especially if you can't upgrade next week anyway, which is pretty pointless. Okay. I would right, I would let's... grab one if you can. If you can. If you, if you don't have the trades, then you just you go down all the way down next week to the North Boys. All right. Let's wrap it up. If they grab one, which one is it, George? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Humphrey's got the lesser break even, but I'd probably favor the senior body in um, Atkins. In a better role. Yep. JD? Oh, I want to own Humphrey, but... If I remove the name Atkins and just look yeah, at like the role <laughs> I did I struggled to do that and it cost me. Yeah. Far out. Because I think I'm probably doing this now that I originally I was going Fleeton and Laird through like just doing an upgrade, but now that I go sideways, Josh Kelly, I'm probably Laird. I should just fix my buys. I would take oh. Atkins over Fleeton. No, but I, like it was one up, one down. Like Doing I wasn't okay, sideways. Wouldn't have worked. Because, so nice. that's right there. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll think about whether I want to bring one in and whether it's Atkins or Humphreys. Yeah. Okay. Um, and there's another so, one there in Kieran Briggs who um, I still don't know what's happening Briggs with Bruce. Scored one ten. Um, scored a right. Two fifty k. But he's a rock only. Where do you fit him in? Obviously. Really, only R three is that feasible? Probably not. I mean, also last buy, so like it just it doesn't doesn't really help you, does it? No, it doesn't work. Um, bubble this week, we've got Baldwin at, at the Dons. JD, give us a quick yeah. wrap up there. He's actually looked okay, but how's his job security? Yeah, yeah so no, it looked really good. I mean, so he was highly touted as a junior, then had a couple of injuries. Um, came in and played forward for us for a little bit, um, and then got moved to defence. Uh, so he's two games this year that he's played have both been defense, both um, like first games at AFL level as a defender and looked really good in, I think in both of them. Um, week one, he got by Danaher pretty badly. Um, but then last week against an undersized Richmond forward line, um, held his own, only conceded one goal, I think to Ryan. And that was off the back um, a mark that, was that wasn't a mark, but as a, as a Samson Ryan and owner, like we take those. Um, but yeah, I thought he looked really good. And I think the other thing that was pretty impressive was some of you, like he had a good inside 50 and stuff. So I think it's actually a really hard um, um, uh, decision for, for Essendon this week because him playing also freed up and helped uh, on that side too. Um, so Laverde and um, uh, Kelly are the two that are out that need to come back. Laverde is actually a tech and could come back. So... If Laverty comes back and Baldwin holds, it's actually probably a pretty good sign. But then it's just what do they do with um, Kelly when he's available as well uh, and whether that defense is, is too tall. So, look, I really like him and I think he's done enough to hold. But given that he's in um, because of injuries and not because of, like, someone else's, I just think the job security is pretty weak. And, yeah, that, that makes it quite hard to actually back him in. He's also, I think, at an elevated price, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, really like but I just think like there's a there's a really strong chance that it'd be 
as stiff as it would be that he gets dropped uh, in the in the coming weeks. Yeah, he's 170k. Uh, I think he could be an option there, but um, Fleeton is there and has just really opened up for him um, on on the yeah. job security front with not only defenders in the current team going down, ones you know that that were um, behind. It seems their whole defense is dead. You know, Elias two to three weeks, Cummings still four weeks with the calf. Davis, who you know is still on the list, is four to six weeks with a calf. Haynes, Himmelberg, both concussions listed at one to two. So we know with those, they probably lead, like the defense feels like they're all leaning towards two these days um, with conservatism. Um, and yeah, Sam Taylor still out for six weeks with his hammy. Um, and one other yeah. thing is right, like while while the the defender injuries have definitely been there. Uh, two weeks ago, in his debut game, I think he had the second most. For GWS behind Kelly, and then this week just gone. I want to say he had the most intercept possessions for GWS, and he's done some really tough things um, for the ball. GWS lack at times, so he hasn't been the most prolific scorer like what we've seen in the um, at the VFL level. But I've actually liked how he's played in both games. Not like I straight game way. Uh, gameplay wise, like I prefer Bolden to Fleeton, but Fleeton's got much better job security with that like one month of injury list and a cheaper. It's just the buy sucks, like you know. Um, but no, I, I like I think he holds for the next month easily, um, and could potentially grow into that role. Um, I think like the thing with Haynes and Himmelberg both going down as well as coming is they're like the three tall distributors, so they could bring in um, someone to kind of play like key defensive post, Fleeton, then be the third distributor behind um ash and whitfield and maybe his scoring does uptick a little bit so I don't, I don't think he's the worst option but i also wouldn't be surprised if it was mid 40 average for the next month uh is he the best option this week george i haven't watched fleeting i've got no <laughs> idea i think yeah i back Chady on that one but just because i don't know i i think ford and wardlaw will hold whereas i you think fleeting will hold but you're not sure Oh, I'm, so sure. Go that right I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure he's like in a month's time. I'd be surprised if he wasn't playing. Okay. Yeah, there's just no one to come in. That's simple as that. Yeah. So I feel like you'd go him this week. You'd leave the North boys to play another game, especially Wardlaw would not look at him. Uh, Who plays first? Um, uh, for this week. When did GWS play? Oh, they play early. So like if like no your north play late. So if you I wanted to watch the North boys first and then decide uh, whether to go fleet or not, but yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. I'll be waiting Ford for the North definitely boys. wouldn't anyway. Ford has obviously still been in the system a couple of years. You got a hundred in that um, first price rise, so that's gonna shoot him up. Yeah, it is, but obviously only for one. Um yeah. so yeah. And then, then you have to watch week. it north. Can you imagine having Drury and Ford side by side bench? At least Ford's been Ford's he's been around a while. Yeah, uh, 84. I think he's like 22, so maybe. Yeah, uh, I think 20. Yeah. I, I couldn't do it to myself, I don't think. Okay, it's 20. Um, yeah, look, it's tough. Uh, then there's McAndrew, who, yeah, as we said, they've just lost all their ruckman again. You know, Hickey out of nowhere with some concussion issues, I believe. Uh, and then Laddams on the weekend for unknown, but but a lengthy time on the sidelines is what they've said. So. Don't really have much there. Like Sam Reed's out for the season. Um, what was that, sorry? Ankle, right? Yeah, yep. yep. Um, rolled his ankle, but they obviously know it's bad to say lengthy already for an ankle roll. So that must be sinus. Must be pretty bad. So he's there. He's um, 
got forward status too, which is nice. So we can get him on the forward bench. Um, just, just yeah, wait another week. Then he has the buy, and then see if he's in at round thirteen. Yep. Uh, and then the last one is Jai Clark. You have here, but unfortunately, yep, news tonight he's out for quite a while with a foot injury. So a couple of months, I think they said um, for Jai Clark, one seventy k anyway. Unfortunately, he probably would have got a decent run, maybe in the guts the next few weeks if he was fit, but not to be. Oh. Um, anything else, boys? Is there any chance um, O'Donnell has already played to um, get moved back to defence with uh, the injuries down there? He's he was one or two k. He still is. He's played two games. He's in both of them. I guess that's just a watch. Like his break yeah, even should be high enough that. You can. Yeah. Oh, it's like twenty-one, so he's not going to go up that much. You could. It's kind of a bit like Drew from last week. You just watch him play his third and um, go and if they he gets a good role change. Um, uh, were, were there any other like debutants? Because the only other ones I can think of about is like um, Fahey for GWS, who put up like another forty touches in the weekend. Is one that could come in on the back of Kelly going out. Like he was uh, originally rebounding. But behind Ash and Whitfield wasn't really getting a game, so they started playing him on the wing a bit. Um, so, yeah, I think that's one that could come in, given the defender in- injuries and uh, Josh Kelly. How can you go Fahey with, like, you got all these North boys coming in, plus Fleeton, if you want to grab him? I mean, you, you can't, uh, but I think, like, might it's one to, of those... Though, if he scores well. <laughs> yeah, well, if he debuts this week, uh, like, I'd be very hesitant to trade in these other boys until I see Fahey play. Yeah. But we, we will get that early the north guys uh mm. well, we can wait a week regardless and he might not even come in we've been saying well people have been saying he's going to come in every week and he just hasn't but i think this week almost <laughs> the hands forced for them yeah yeah so there we go oh sorry the only other thing is um, we we didn't really talk about like um we talked a lot about the gws boys but um say you uh, sorry the gold coast boys but say you already had atkins or humphrey or at least already had one um, could you go Weddle this week over Fleeton, given that the buy is better and he's also put together like a big, you know, big game? He's two thirty, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, hundred k more. Um, it's worth noting that he played key position on Tracy in his first game, and I, I've been saying this every week. He's getting more and more confident every week. That's why I brought him in. I expected a little bit of improvement, but like not two goals and twenty eight touches. That's absurd. Well, George, when Sis was second key, he was third key, right? So tall forward lines, he's playing on the third tall. Now Sis has moved down to third, and he's fourth. Now he's freed up. It's just... Yeah, his role's... He's, um, completely different. He's pushing up really high. He's hanging off the back of stoppage, and he's running into space, getting cheapies. And that yeah. was an Optus against West Coast. And yeah, they, they're they not good at all. So not going to do that yeah. every week. But the role is very good. And he did this in the VFL. He had like almost 30 touches in the VFL game before he came in. So I think he, I think he's good for like maybe seventy, maybe more. I don't know. Again, he's he also won like, games for everything when he's way right. Like the second yeah. goal he kicked in the first quarter, the ball just bounced out to him, who just happened to be sitting free. Right, like it's just like fluky kind yeah. of turn of thing. Um, you were talking about tagging Sicily this week because it's a smash matchup against the Saints. I mean, it's the same for Weddle and Mitchell. So they're both, I think, um, good on-field options this week. Um, the only other thing, like I think, I wanted to call out was. Um, some people will be looking at trading Sincotta this week, uh, but there's a decent chance he actually like might get a game because Kemp for Carlton oh, was, Kemp, abs- sorry, yeah. uh, was like Boyd absolute was rubbish. Boyd. Was Boyd. It was Boyd that was rubbish, sorry, yeah. Uh, Either way. So, yeah. I think so, I read um, Kemp I think was maybe- good in the BFL. Yeah. 
who who was sorry? Kemp's Kemp playing VFL and he does rack oh, up every good. week, but yeah. Even Cowan roosted one from like 55 out. I don't know if you saw that in the VFL. They might oh, eventually bring this Jackson Bins kid in as well. At some point, he's been t- oh. dominating. The only risk as well is that um, Marchbank returned um, to the VFL this week. And given that they've got a lot of rebounders and maybe not too many defenders, that Marchbank might get the nod over Sincotter at some point. But um, yeah, I think like there's, there is a chance Sincotter comes back this week. So just have trade plans ready for whether he is or isn't in the side. Beautiful. Um, all right. Another big podcast, boys. Let's wrap it up with what we love most, and that's captains, which yeah. uh, finally hit one. Uh, you know, Let's uh, go. 126 isn't a hit, but for me, that is a hit this year. That is an absolute hit. <laughs> that was a good, that's a good score this round, honestly, because most people what? took a bond or Clara. Be clear by so six points. points. Thank you very yeah. much. What a fucking win for me. <laughs> Big win. Still got 85 to make up from Took. So we'll That's get the there. last time I've <laughs> I captained someone in the last game. I just wanted to enjoy <laughs> the game until three-quarter time. I- Ron was better. really good in the second half. Probably yeah. like a big part of why they got over the line. He, he was really good. But uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the, oh my God. There's something to be said for nailing your Friday night captain because then you just the rest of the week is so stressful. Exactly. Like, yeah. Banked well, it. Doesn't matter what happens. Yeah. yeah. Well, and this week, is anyone from Friday night an option? Probably not. Like You could be tempted by Walsh as an owner myself with how Sydney have been going, but maybe. Um I think you're like looking at like uh, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sicily, you're looking at George possibly against the Saints, loving him that much in that matchup. It's interesting because we had like I've put it on Oliver basically every week except for actually this week and maybe one more. So basically, he's been involved like almost every week. So you might have to navigate a bit here. Like, do you want to put it on Laird? Ironically, last month against Melbourne, you uh, could put it on no, a Sarong or no. a, or a Brayshaw. Yeah. There's talk mm. that Laird might get rested. So I think that if that game gets blown out, I think we see Laird... What's this talk he might get rested? Just just rumours, scuttlebutt, nothing official. Where? Just, just oh, don't do this. Aren't you bringing him yeah. in? I'm bringing... Uh, he's in. He's not bringing in. Like, this is scary. He's in my team right uh, now as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, my like, goodness. Like, Josh, I need Josh to Kelly find this come source. Work I'm just telling. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so I wouldn't... I'd avoid Laird. I just... Okay, yeah, I, well, I think there's a there's a chance we still see him get rested at some point. Another thing is, um, yeah, it's true. And then, um, Bond had the knee knock. You think he's fine, but like, Bond is notorious for playing through injuries and not telling anyone. Um, he's done that a number of times, so I don't. I think I just want to see it. Um, I guess I'm um, yeah. Back to Sicily, nice matchup. Playing a nice role, um, he'll be my VC, and then my C is like I don't know because Supercoach website won't load and I can't see the teams. Okay, oh, there we go. Uh, quickly then, around, um, I think I'd wrong VC if you have him. Green yep. becomes an interesting VC or C option this week, and even Cogs to a certain extent with no Josh Kelly. The other two GWS boys have kind of gone off when the third one's been out. So I think against a depleted Cats midfield that's kind of leaked points the last couple of weeks, I think you could look there for sure. Um, Green in particular, I just don't see a matchup for them now. Like I just don't know who they'd put on him. Um, so I, I really like that as an option, even though um, Cats should probably be there. Um, Petrarca is another interesting one. Look, lower owned. I'm kind of fortunate that I've got him. But with Clary out, I think the only other game that they played without Clary, one game sense is not good, but it was a 140 for Petrarca. So 
Um, taking over the midfield, I think that's a little bit of an interesting option there. Merritt is one that people might look at just because they see Weston obviously last week's score, but there is a chance that Xavier O'Neill goes to him. So if you could have him as a vice-captain option, I think that's all right. But I just can't see the captain um, being like a great player. Uh, Laird, we kind of already talked about. I'm kind of interested in Dacos this week, even though he's had a poor kind of month. I'm just not sure North tags him. Um, and I could see him get off the chain pretty good in that game. But maybe that's more of a fantasy play than a super coach play. Um, I think Bailey Scott Wright could probably do a running job, one of the oh, better better runners in the league. That's true. Who did they put him to last week? Uh, Goulden, right? And that, that yeah, worked pretty well. Yeah, for- for a half, I think yeah. he's just—he's a good runner, one of the better better runners in the league. So yeah, you look at the cost, but maybe it keeps it to a hundred like it has been recently instead of one thirty. Um, and then like the Port boys um, into Richmond's poor midfield in terms of butters, like those are the types oh, that I'd like to be able to throw the vice captain on. But you probably said enough this. over the last month that you could you could hit hit the C on them as well. Uh, look, I'd throw the sound butters, but I guess it's always going to be scary with his play style. But scoring wise, I wouldn't be, uh, <laughs> I would not be worried. Um, yeah, I think if I was to get Sarong in this week, which seems a bit silly before his buy, it would be him. Otherwise, Tom Green. Yeah, I do like Tom Green as a VC, and then it just comes down to who, who the backup captain is. Is it, um, yeah, is it just, is it just Bont or English him. on Saturday Good night? Loops. There's not a lot of loops. Like a lot of them are early. Yeah, look, I'm I'm thinking constable. People still have is there as an option. Uh, but you're right though. You're dead. Like you're dead. Carlton Rooks and Sydney Rooks are on Friday night, so they're all useless. Um, Chess is back. Drury might Maddox. get dropped for those that have Drury, so that like that could yeah. be a good loop for owners. Yeah. And then Sharp could like be be unlucky, but then he could also get dropped. Yeah, but George is right. Madden in the fourth game. So, yeah, might have to look early. Uh, first three games for, uh, well, yeah, first three games. I'll probably go VC Sicily and uh, see Laird unless I see some concrete stuff on this resting. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'm VC Petrarca into C um, Green or Bont this week. Okay. Yeah, I'm probably VC Tom Green into, yeah, Bont. Uh, Gold Coast midfield is not. I don't think there's anyone there off the top of my head that can that can handle the bond uh, at Gold Coast at the minute. So, um, yeah, TIO, TIO Stadium, bit of dewy ball. That's you know, yeah, it's bond, the bond, uh, always makes that look clean though. Actually, what's the what's the weather forecast for the G this weekend? Hey, what I'm not watching Petrarca play in the rain again. Oh yeah. Weather is he still under, like? Is he still under a cloud? Is he going to actually just go into like a full time mid roll to take up Clary's, or is he going to still be managed no. forward? I'm not, I don't know. No, he's been playing more midfield, right? Like he wasn't thirty four percent time. Now he's at twenty nine percent full time. Like he's been dropping. Um, uh, this week was sixty four percent CBAs, which was the most in the last month. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think we'll see that trend up. And uh, just checking the weather forecast. Looks like to be rain on Thursday and Sunday, but nothing on Friday or Saturday. I think they're right. Uh, so we should be good to go. Petrarca VC. Let's roll, boys. Beautiful. Uh, all right. That's it. Anything else you boys have got to say? JD's already hit the exit button. Um, the Nuggers are on the way to the NBA Finals, George. And uh, I don't know why I didn't say it at the start, but I... I 
my God, was it a happy day for me today seeing them get uh, as far as I've ever been as a franchise. I I was honestly lapping it up that much. I forgot that my own coach walked out the door <laughs> this morning. I didn't even <laughs> see anything. I didn't even watch anything about Dimmer. I was just uh, loving loving the Nuggets that much. But yeah, tomorrow, JD, we'll see if your team can uh, can join them. Um, yeah. Yep. No, Heat, Heat Nugs final will be good. And look, it at least one of us at the end of it. Oh, and to be man, honest, either either like, yeah, given we were lucky to get the two winning in, like, I'm pretty happy with it. Miami's far down crazy. the path, right? And if we knock off the Celtics, we'll call it a win. But uh, they were, they were Max Struess, like, flamethrower last four minutes in that playing game of just not being in there at all. That's <laughs> just crazy. Um, so I guess the NBA slightly got what they wanted with that playing, but uh, maybe not so much with the Lakers or Celtics not being there. <laughs> but who gives a shit? Um, yeah, thanks exactly. for joining us on another podcast. We'll see you uh, for the next round 11. Cheers.